Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Mount Pleasant City Connect. I'm your host, Jim Bolella, and today our guest is Autumn Balcom from the Mount Pleasant Police Department. She's the public information officer, and she's here to talk to us today about what that entails and uh, what she does for our community. Welcome, Autumn. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here because I don't think enough people know about what you do. So let's start at the beginning. Public information officer, what is your job? Um, so my job is to be the liaison for our department with other departments, the court systems, and also I exchange information with the media. Okay. Um, talk to me about the media. Because <laughs> what does that mean here in Mount Pleasant? So that means that if any media entities have questions for our department, whether it's what we're doing in the community or a recent incident, they contact me. So I am their go-to for the information or I give out press releases for incidents that have happened. All right. So that uh, sounds like some overlap at public relations there. Yes, Absolutely. Okay. So um, when it comes to whatever activity the police are up to, uh, that means you have to be fully informed about what's going on. Yes, I try to the best I can. <laughs> so you have to be uh, you have to be really tapped into uh, uh, and uh, Paul Loria was here a couple of weeks ago. And so, you know, we we came to understand that. Mount Pleasant is the hub for all the legal activity here in the county because we have a uh, county sheriff, we have state police post, we have local PD, we have tribal PD, and we have campus PD, and they're all located here, which is why criminals don't really get away with very much around here. They all get caught. <laughs> yes. it's, it's pretty hard to escape five uh, enforcement agencies. And uh, you are the conduit for all those agencies working together, right? That is correct. I am the one that communicates with all of those entities and the different departments, as well as the different court systems that those departments have to respond to. So let's say uh, a crime happens. Somebody calls 911. Uh after that 911 call, how do things get to you? Um, they actually, when they call 911, it goes into central dispatch. Central dispatch um, uh, checks to see what is going on as well as their jurisdiction. Based on the jurisdiction, that will decide which agency is sent to that call or the closest, depending on the priority. Um, but Due to Isabella County Sheriff's Department deputizing all of the officers in this county, we're able to assist one another at any time. So if there's a call in the city, um, we could have assistance from CMU PD or Tribal PD or whoever's closest to help us, as well as we're able to go out and help other agencies. And so that's why criminals don't get very far <laughs> around here. <laughs> so uh, uh, let's back up one step further. Can you tell us a little bit about your background in law enforcement? Uh, yes. It's going to age me a little bit, but I've been doing this for about 15 years, um, 10 with Mount Pleasant City Police Department. Um, I did work rope patrol up until a couple years ago when I took on this public information officer position. Um, I took this to have a new challenge and be able to be more of a community officer and get out there and 
do different things like shop with a cop, toys for tots. Um, I'm also very privileged to be able to work in the schools with the youth service officers. Well, that's interesting. So you're uh, you're interfacing with kids. Yes, and it is one of my favorite parts of the job. And so what ages do you talk to? I talk to all of the ages. Um, we do a lot of education. The YSU officers do a lot of education. I try to back that and be a part of that. Um, but my favorite ones are the elementary kids, the the high fives and the hugs and the getting used to. Um, they like to play around on the playground a lot. Um, but I like to get in with the middle school and catch up with the kids from the Youth Police Academy and just make those connections so they're comfortable with somebody that's in uniform. Can you share one or two questions that a kid, a typical kid might ask you? Um, well, it depends on the age group, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like to ask me, you know, what I drive, what do I do on a daily basis. They're always interested in canine officers, and they're very <laughs> disappointed when they find out I don't have a dog. Um, but a lot of them will just ask questions about my gear or what I do, and, and some even want to just know about that I'm a mom and, and that I'm a normal person. Yeah, well, uh, I would venture a guess that all police are actually regular people. They have families, <laughs> they uh, they eat breakfast, and they watch TV, and they play softball, and they do everything that normal people do, but they have this job um, that, well, sometimes is very demanding and, and puts them in a unique position in the community. So um, in terms of, you know, your involvement in the community, I understand that at least sometimes you still go on patrol in the car, yeah? Yes, I do. Um, I definitely help um, on bigger event weekends as well as um, just in-progress calls. I'll help with those. But it does give me a chance to let the kids see an officer in a different light maybe than something they've dealt with in the past. Right. And you're also a liaison for the court system. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. um, For the city police department, it's quite unique. We actually have four court systems that we work with. We work with the city attorney, the prosecutor's office through the county, as well as tribal court and federal court. Um, And so what things are you bridging together? Um, we brid- I bridge together for our department. First of all, it's important to have good communication when you're trying to do procedures and warrants and that type of thing. But there are a lot of different things that our agency needs to make sure that we have correct and we're doing the right procedures, especially when things change through COVID, making sure that we're staying up to date and doing things the right way as laws change. Okay. Um, no, there's there's just a lot to, to get to because your job has so many different facets to it. Now, uh, yet another thing that you do is... Uh, you connect to the university here. You, so you have a relationship to CMU and campus police, right? I do, as well as code of conduct. Um, I try to stay current with student activities involvement in Greek life, the ones that are ahead of that. So it's very important for us to kind of be all on the same page and have that good working relationship so we can inform any students that live on or off campus because in the end it's one large community. Now that's interesting to me because I think I'm I'm going to assume here that possibly many of our students don't understand what campus police is. And I, I think the important thing to know 
is that really they're the same as any other police officer in Michigan. Is that correct? That is 100% correct. Yeah, so they're not limited to campus. They don't just walk around CMU. Uh, They assist all of the other law enforcement agencies in the county. Yes. And they can operate as a full-fledged police officer anywhere in that jurisdiction. That is correct, and they assist us quite a bit. Yeah, so all everyone is working together, so there's there's really no need to make distinctions between tribal police, campus police, Mount Pleasant PD, uh, or the county sheriff, who also has an office here in town, as well as the state police post that's here in town. Really, they're one in the same. Yes, the only thing is, is we have different color uniforms and different cars, but we all are here to do the same job. Uh, do you ever play each other in softball? I'm sure that they have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's just that's just something I wanted to know. I don't know why. But uh, it just seems like a natural thing that would eventually happen. <laughs> but um, so uh, that's a lot of stuff under your umbrella. Are you the only officer that does this job? I am the only one for Mount Pleasant City Police. Yes. All right. You're a busy person. I am a very busy person. <laughs> Well, it's uh, so you're never bored. That's uh, uh, that's not the worst thing in the world. That's for sure. So um, let's talk about community policing for a second. Uh, can you kind of define community policing and explain some of the major benefits? Um, well, there's quite a lot you can do. Um, in my position, I do everything from be out for the Halloween weekend, toys for tots, shop with a cop. Um, I do a public safety night for the residents in the city, down at City Hall. So I am trying to be there and um, be with all the residents, whether they're young kids, um, working population. I've also done coffee with a cop, so I'll go down and have coffee um, with some residents that want to come in and talk to me just to get to know me. So there are a lot of things I do. I do a lot of education for elderly communities about frauds and scams. So I, I kind of dabble in a little bit of everything because I'm trying to build that relationship the best I can. Yeah. You mentioned shop with a cop. So uh, if I'm having trouble picking out window window <laughs> treatments, can I call the police department and have someone help me? <laughs> I, I don't know how great we will be at that. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of interior designers in our agency. All right. But yes, we are happy. We try to have some competitions and raising money around the holidays and, and, and going and helping um, with that. Excellent. Okay. I'll pick out my own window treatments then. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, just a little bit ago, you mentioned, uh, uh, so we talked about, you know, campus police and how you folks work together. Uh, how exactly, so can you give a, a, possibly an example, how do you partner with the university? Well, we do it on a few different levels, obviously, um, calls of service. Sometimes we back each other up, but on another level, what we do is, We work together um, for the students and faculty and staff, and I help them with CMU orientation for international orientation, as well as I um, arrange a knock and talk where we have different entities or offices from CMU that come with city police department. And we walk and meet the new neighbors in the area and the student area and just remind them and educate them about being good neighbors and 
we're all a part of this community, whether you are permanent residents or just here for the school year. So we do a lot of different things with CMU for the city. So you said a knock and talk. So that is a uniformed police officer going door to door and knocking and then having a conversation with residents. And and in this case, you're talking about student residents. Yeah. Yes. Now, you don't have to be a genius to know that that's going to make some people very nervous and possibly defensive. Right. I mean, they think this is some kind of a shakedown or an invasion or maybe they're being arrested. I mean, how do people react to police knocking on their door? Well, that's part of the community policing to know that just because there's a police officer at your door doesn't mean it's a negative thing. But also, we go with CMU staff as well as code enforcement, um, student services go, student disability office, people from all of these offices. And it's just kind of a, here's a pamphlet, um, here's some information. If there's a way we can help you, let us know. Um, don't be afraid to say hi. And if you ever see us out walking around, because we often will walk the neighborhoods, we just want to stop and say hi most of the time. Okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've heard that many times that uh, uh, for any police officer really in, in anywhere in the country, a big part of your job is getting to know the people in the community. Absolutely. Heck, I know an officer of ours just was out playing basketball with some kids stopped and said hi and started playing a little bit of basketball. So it's just all about balance. Yeah. Um, all right. So with uh, uh, so these knock and talks, obviously part of this is like, hey, you know, welcome to Mount Pleasant. Welcome to the community. And, you know, uh, let us know if we can be of assistance. But uh, this this is a uh, is this typical? I mean, in, or is this something that's more unique to Mount Pleasant, this kind of outreach? Um. I well, we've been doing it for a long time to the point where it's expected year after year with the student body. Um, I'm not sure how many other universities do this. I know that there's a level of education, um, but I also don't know how intermingled student body and permanent resident life is in other communities. So what we do is just try to teach, um, talk about being a good neighbor, get to know your neighbor, um, have those, you know, if somebody forgets to put their trash out, you know, help each other out. But these, these knock and talks, it, it gives them an opportunity to ask us questions as well in a, in a low key setting. And half the time they want to take pictures. So that's what we're just out hanging out and having fun with them. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Yeah. Neighbors are important. I, uh, uh, my neighbors are always reminding me that I'm too late getting my recyclables to the curb <laughs> as I'm, you know, uh, as I'm dragging them out there, they're like, Hey, uh, they already came. You missed it. I'm like, Oh, oh man. Next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's me though. Uh, I get up too late. Um, so you're talking to students and, um, you're going to do this early in the semester, I assume. And yes. Next week. Yeah, and so you're going to be talking about things like festive gatherings. Yes, there <laughs> Some, are. A lot of people like to have festive gatherings. Yeah, it's um, that time of year. So uh, what kind of tips do you give to people? Because, look, you know, people are going to have parties. Mm -hmm. And so you're talking to them about exactly that. 
what do you how, what do you inform them about? So we just kind of set the expectations. Um, we we do give them a pamphlet of local ordinances, state laws, so they're aware and they can read up on it later or refer to it. Um, outside of being a good neighbor, we just talk about making sure you have a contact person or somebody that's overseeing your gathering. Um, if you want to be a, a, a good and a great neighbor, if you guys get to be too loud, at least your neighbor will be comfortable coming to talk to you instead of calling the police on you. Um, as well as have a point of contact if the police are called. That way we can just say, you know, can you please turn the music down or can you please disperse? That's usually how it's handled is we like to go and have somebody talk to. Um, just keep the people inside. Um, make sure that you pick up the trash, any trash outside. But a big one that's been more recent in the last few years, a lot of landlords are violating people if they hold parties in their households. So make sure you're checking your leases and what's allowed with your landlord outside of, um, you know, maybe getting in trouble with the police. Yeah. So you mentioned the importance of having a contact person uh, for the party location. I think it's important to add that that whoever that person is should remain sober for the evening. Yes. And you're you're liable for what happens at your residence. So you need to make sure it's within a controllable standard and your party's not getting too large. Yeah. So have, you know, one person needs to be the designated adult for the evening. Uh, to stay sober and be prepared at any time to interface with the police if that becomes necessary. And that helps everything go a lot smoother. And um, you can actually work with the police instead of feeling like they're against you because they're really not. Really just trying to make sure that everybody's being safe. And the one reminder is, is that if there is a medical issue, we like to remind people that even if there's underage drinking, if there's a medical issue, please call the police for help because no one will be in trouble for calling for a medical reason. Right. Uh, so, and I, I think a lot of people find this counterintuitive, but seriously, you can call the police department and say, you know what, um, we're having a big party at our house this weekend, and here is the contact person for that evening, Here's their, here's their name and number, and if there's any complaints or if there's any problems, this is the person the police can contact to talk about it. Uh, and this is something you can do in advance to be a better neighbor and to, uh, to make any interaction with the police go smoother and easier. And it also shows that you're being proactive about caring about the community that you live in. So, um, uh, I know that's going to sound crazy to some people. It's like, call the police before I have a party. Are you nuts? Uh, it's actually the smart thing to do. <laughs> and uh, uh, it 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 puts you, I mean, imagine the message that it sends to the police. It shows that you're trying to be responsible and that you're trying to uh, uh, be mature about it. You're also being realistic about the fact you're having a party you're not going to try and get out of control, but if things do go awry, you're prepared to handle it. You've designated a sober contact person for the evening to uh, to talk about it. This is a huge step in the right direction, and it's, it's not crazy, and um, it doesn't have to be unusual. It can be the really uh, normal and smart thing 
to do because you do have, you know, if you're going to throw a party, you do have liability. Right. And another caution is I understand that sometimes these parties get bigger and bigger. And sometimes we've had people call and say, please, it's gotten out of control. People keep stopping or coming into our home. I just recommend if you don't really know them or don't know them well, we do. CMU, unfortunately, is a target for a lot of people that come up here that do not live in the area, and they know there are students having parties, and they go in people's house and they steal stuff. So unfortunately, CMU students that are having open house parties are targets. So be mindful that you know the group of people that are there with you. Exactly. Yeah, because things are a lot more... Well, I mean, I guess this has always been a phenomenon, right? I mean, with with these these open parties, I mean, there there's, it's not a new thing that people from out of town would come in and try to take advantage of that, right? Right, it's not a new thing, but I think that people sometimes are naive to the fact that other people that are students would do that to them, or people, you know, their age. But keep your parties or gatherings small. Keep them intimate and and the music down and it won't draw attention to any of your neighbors or the police very good okay um let's just get into some other things that students might want to keep in mind during the school year uh of course one thing that people are often curious about because you know we have I think it's safe to say we have more students than ever from out of state you know as as universities have these reciprocity deals from state to state where, okay, you you don't charge our students out-of-state tuition and we won't charge yours. We're seeing a lot more traffic between states at universities. So things like open intoxicant laws can change from state to state. And so what's the policy here? The policy here in Mount Pleasant is that there are no open alcohol or intoxicants from sidewalk to sidewalk. So you can only be on private property. So sidewalk, through the streets, any alleyways, in your vehicle, anything like that is not allowed. No matter what age you are, even if you're of drinking age, you must be on private property. Okay. That's important for people to keep in mind. Um, Now, uh, if a party does become a problem, if it's a public nuisance, uh, is that something people can get arrested for? They absolutely can. They can get arrested or cited. Um, more often you're arrested if you're not cooperating with the police or you're, you know, trying to shut the door and all that type of thing. You, and they're finding that they are citing every person on the lease, not just the person that threw the party. So if there's eight people on that lease, they're all going to be cited for throwing a party. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, always know what your roommates are up to. Yes. Because you could be on the hook for it as well, and then you've got a ticket or, um, well, I mean, yeah, the worst case scenario is people are getting arrested. Correct. All right, that's not, that's that ruins the fun. That does definitely so, ruins the fun, so, and it costs a lot. Yeah, so people should be really trying to avoid that. So, uh, you know, look ahead, folks. All right, so um, this is the other thing is that, you know, with parties, uh, people are trying to sometimes sell alcohol. They're providing it for a charge, and um, there are laws concerning that, of course, right? Not, yes. Not only are there laws of furnishing alcohol to minors, but you really are on the hook for anything medical. If, you, if something happens to somebody and you're the one that's furnishing alcohol, then you can be looking at a liability issue. 
like I said, if you keep your gathering small and know the people you're around, then you'll have better education of who's allowed to have something and you won't be you won't be liable for all of these unknown people that are coming and taking alcohol. Yeah, so whether you're selling it or not, providing alcohol for uh, underage people puts you in a position of great liability. And whatever might happen to that person as a result, uh, you're involved. And you're going to be involved in the investigation and possible arrest. I mean, uh, it's you're taking on a lot. And Correct. you should really think serious about that before you do. You're taking on a lot of responsibility there. Um, so beyond alcohol... You know, we also have to deal with the presence of drugs. Yes. So. So we're in a unique time where some drugs are legal and some are not. So please look up your laws. Um, know where what is public um, and private property. So, for instance, using marijuana is not allowed on your front porch. That's in public view. That has to be a private thing. So those are a lot of questions we get at the knock and talk. So this is why it's good that we're going around individually because a lot of the students or residents feel comfortable to ask us those questions. But between the use of drugs, um, like I said, please call if there's ever a medical issue. Um, but that, you know, with these parties and the drugs and those types of things, you have to worry about disorderly contact, disorderly um, conduct, which is, you know, urinating in public, fighting, you know, having music that's way too loud and we can hear from the sidewalk. If we can hear it from the sidewalk, that it falls in um, hosting a nuisance party, those types of things. So if you not have trash all over your yard and you're keeping your gathering at a respectable level, then you will not cause a distraction to your neighbors and cause, cause where people are calling the police on you. Yeah, so the um, the the measurement there is fifty feet. So uh, and people might want to check this ahead of time. Like, how loud can your music be before you can hear it fifty feet from the house or from the property line? And this way, people can figure out ahead of time sort of how loud the music can be before they're in violation. And knowing that helps keep you out of harm's way because. You don't want the police to show up to your party. That's not the goal of the evening is, hey, let's get the police over here. Uh, so um, everyone can know exactly what the requirements are. It's 50 feet from the property line. If the music can be heard from there or beyond, it's too loud. Right. And you're in violation and the police can. I mean, well, Ed, let's be realistic. What exactly would the police do? Would they just tell you to turn it down or would they write you a ticket or you know what what would be a typical inter interaction there um a lot of times the knock and talks are the reason why we're educating and doing the warnings when it gets down to um the school start we have a policy where we are writing everyone it is part of the city program to keep things at bay with all the new neighbors. So a lot of our students that are coming in are moving next to permanent residents, and we have a standard for the city. And no matter if you're a year-round resident or a temporary resident, everybody needs to fall in line with that. So we're asking and educating these students or, you know, temporary residents that they 
fall in line with the standard of the city, and they are often cited Okay. if we're called. All right, Autumn, we are uh, quickly running out of time here, and uh, we just want to talk about one or two more quick things. Okay. Uh, so some of this stuff is common sense, right? Don't let your parties get out of control. Don't be a, yes. don't be a lousy neighbor. Uh, be careful about you know who's of age and who's not at your gatherings, and don't provide alcohol to people and take on that liability. Um, but there's another thing that uh, is maybe less intuitive, and that is if you're going to cram a bunch of people into a house or an apartment, you're possibly violating fire code as well. Yes, I do not know all the fire codes, but the fire department, is they are out everywhere as well. And I will caution people to be out on the rooftops because that is a fire code violation. When it's nice out and they put um, chairs out on the roofs, First of all, it's a dangerous thing, but second of all, it's a fire code issue, and they do write a lot of tickets, and they're very expensive. Okay. (laughs) That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, But seriously, if you have a two-bedroom apartment and you've got 60 people in there, um, I mean, that would clearly be a fire code violation. Absolutely. And and if someone were to call the police and say, hey, there's too many people crammed into this tiny apartment. We just clear them out. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, right? Yep, because... we just say, please move along. That's it. Yeah, that's a big safety issue. Yeah. And it's the same thing that for any business. You know, businesses have a limit as to how many people they can have in their facility. Correct. And it's the same for your home. You can't just pack a place wall-to-wall with bodies because if something were to go wrong, people would be in serious danger. Yes. Okay, so uh, that's another thing yet to consider. And, of course, although we haven't mentioned it specifically yet, it goes without saying don't let people get behind the wheel uh, if they've been drinking or have been taking controlled substances. Uh, it's a an enormous cause of death. And uh, once again, as the person having the party, you might find yourself in harm's way for liability if you're providing alcohol and other things. Um, and then those people that were at your party get in a car wreck. Yes. Um, you're involved. Correct. So uh, just keep in mind the responsibility level is maybe a little higher than you thought it was. So, Autumn, I want to thank you for being here today and filling us in on all this stuff. Uh, It is uh, always informational to have people from the city here because uh, we don't always dig for these details on our own, although we should, (laughs) to know more about the community we live in and how it operates and how we can best be a part of it and what things to avoid. So um, uh, I live right behind Pullen Elementary School, so I'm assuming that every once in a while you're practically in my backyard, but I don't even know it. You're talking, do you talk to kids at all the elementary schools? Uh, Their elementary schools are some of my favorites. I open a lot of carton milks and lunches when I go have lunch with them. So do you you know all the words to the wheels on the bus? Yes, I do. (laughs) That's old school now. They don't sing that. (laughs) Yeah, my information. So what is the hot song for kids now? Oh, man, there's so many. There's, you know, Peppa Pig and Bluey and all of those. But, um, yes, I cannot wait for school to start to see all these kiddos. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's coming in right around the corner here. 
All right. Well, we are actually out of time. I want to thank uh, Autumn Balcom from the Mount Pleasant Police Department. She's our public information officer. She's been our guest today telling us about her job and uh, how the, uh, how the Mount Pleasant PD reaches out to the community and uh, interfaces with all of us. You've been listening to Mount Pleasant City Connect. I'm your host, Jim Bellella, and uh, stay tuned. In the coming weeks, we'll be talking to more people from the city of Mount Pleasant. Have a great day.